are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. We're going to be recapping the Senior Bowl. Depending on what other podcasts you listen to, you've probably heard a lot of Senior Bowl coverage, but we do it better than anybody else. Let's be realistic. And we have a very special guest tonight. We have Ian Cummings joining us. So I want to say hi to Pork. I want to say hi to Nate. But Ian, I'd like to reintroduce you to our listeners. They've seen you on YouTube, but this is the first time you are on our audio podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I, I had a great time last time doing the the rookie mock with uh, Nate and, and Maddie. That was a fun time, man, going over Team Fitz and stuff. Uh, but this is the best time of year. This is draft season. So, uh, hey, you know, we live for this. This is where we get new Team Fitz, you know, talking over prospects. It's the best time of year. So I'm always happy to chat it up with you guys. Yeah, it's and I love all the arguing on Twitter right now. Is <laughs> Yeah, that's the, that's the best part. You think it's bad during the season. It's even worse now. So if you're not on Twitter, make sure you get on there and check us out at Dynasty Rewind. And all of our ads are in the description of the podcast and any videos that we do. And it's courtesy of our very own Bob Van Duzer, the behind the scenes guy who has to sit here and watch through this as he edits everything. So, Ian, unlike the rest of us, you were at the Senior Bowl this year. So today we're going to be going over some guys that their stocks kind of went up and their stocks kind of went down. Um, I'll tell you what, why don't we do, do you want to do up or down first? Do you want to start on the negative or start on the positive? We'll, we'll leave it up to you. Shoot, man. Putting me on the spot, putting the pressure on me. Uh, we'll start with the, we'll end on a positive note. We can start with the okay. negative. All right, great. So, I, I like the way you think. So why don't we start with you, with your rookie stock down and then we'll go to the rest of us. Yeah, so my rookie stock down was Carson Strong, the Nevada quarterback. Uh, I, and, I, you know, the eyes always get drawn to the quarterbacks. Uh, I think that's just kind of the nature of the position, right? And especially this year, you know, with five highly rated guys. I mean, I, I was talking with other people and, you know, looking at Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, um, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and Carson Strong. That's five potential guys that have first-round aspirations. You know, it's kind of – you don't usually see that. Like, last year it was only Mac Jones that was at the Senior Bowl, you know, and then the next highest was Kellen Mond who went round three. So, a lot on the line this year. Someone had to come out on the bottom, you know, uh, and I think that Carson Strong was the guy. I don't think he had a terrible week, but I do think, you know, his arm talent definitely flashes. I mean, his – I think he has either it's, – it's either the top arm or second in the class to, to Malik Willis. But, you know, it takes more than arm talent to be a good quarterback. And I think he has what it takes for sure, uh, especially on the day on day one. Some of his passes, he had some lasers in there. But day two looked a lot more inconsistent, especially throwing deep down the field. The trajectory, you know, he sailed a lot of deep passes and wasn't making a lot of great decisions, which for a pocket passer, you know, you want them to be going through the progressions consistently and actually, you know, making those sound decisions. And I don't think he consistently did that. And then in, in the game, too, you know, there were some iffy decisions from him. I do like his arm talent. Again, you know, it, it shows up not just on those deep passes, but, you know, day three, they were doing red zone drills. And, and you kind of those are interesting passes because, you have to kind of arc it into the corner sometimes to get it over those mm -hmm. DBs. 
And he he's shown that he can do that while maintaining pace on the football. So his arm is definitely very good. But, you know, the, the, the decision-making, the accuracy, the mechanics was a little off for the week, his upper body and lower body. He has a little hitch at the top of his drop that I don't really like. Uh, he can be more efficient there. And then his elbow kind of tucks in a little bit, which, which can impact his accuracy and trajectory. And then, you know, I just – the mobility too. That's just another thing. You know, he, he's – I don't think he's a statue, but you look at Willis and Howell and Pickett and Ritter and what they provide as athletes – and Strong just doesn't have that. I think that kind of dilutes his upside. So I think looking at him in comparison to the other guys, didn't have a terrible week, but I do think his stock is down a little bit. Okay. You're making Pork very happy talking <laughs> about Carson Strong's stock being down. He's not the biggest Carson Strong fan. And we'll be talking to about him on this podcast at some point, but Pork, um, who is your stock down? Yeah, so I'm kind of with Ian Cummins with the quarterbacks. I kind of wanted to see... Um, other than Malik Willis, because we've been getting the the Malik Willis love since like September from Maddie, so we actually had like a, a little bit of the a uh, little bit of a head start and kind of see what to look for with him. Real quick, did you know that they're actually renaming it the Malik Willis Senior Bowl? Nah, that's what year? I heard. Yeah, <laughs> you heard that because wow. it was, they was in love with him. I heard a lot of people was in love with him, but <clears throat> I was looking for another quarterback to step up. And to me, I thought it would be Sam Howell. And from what I've seen, um, you know, it was like day one. I heard it was a lot of check downs. He was trying to be a little bit safer. And then later on, he started to have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a good week. Um, once the game started, um, I know he had a little bit of struggles with the offensive line because defensive line was just destroying them on, on the senior bowl. But I, I didn't really see any of that poise that, that, you know, that I'm looking for at the next level. Um, a lot of his passes that he tried to step up, a lot of them was thrown behind the receivers. Um, he got stripped twice in the backfield. That doesn't show, you know, good good protection in the pocket as well. You know, he had room to slide up or slide over or even to run like we've seen him in North Carolina um, running the ball and just tucking and running, as, as Nate said, because he really didn't have any other options. His first option to run. Um, he did have a nice rushing touchdown. I saw his little bit of his rushing upside. But the thing that, you know, made me nervous the most was just, you know, the, the protection in the pocket and his inaccurate throwing while he's getting pressure. Because you're going to get pressure like that at the next level every single down. So just to see that in that game made me nervous a lot. So seeing that I wasn't really that high on him as it was, I was hoping, you know, to see him progress at the senior bowl and do much. And it kind of made me a little bit more iffy at that point on him. The comp for Sam Howell is Baker Mayfield. Do you like yes. that comp? No, and I, and, I and you know it's that. funny. I I don't like it because I, well, I mean I like the comp because I I see a lot of Baker Mayfield. They look in the same. That's right why now. they look the same. That's the only reason I could agree. <laughs> they, with but comp. they look the same and they play the same in the backfield. And, and you know Baker Mayfield is accurate when healthy, but um, well I mean he doesn't really run as fast as Howell does. But I kind of see a lot of his mechanics when he drops back is a lot of Baker Mayfield and uh that's not gonna bode well for you if that's your uh if that's your ceiling at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I don't know what's gonna happen there. Are you a Browns fan, Ian? I don't know. I'm a I'm a Lions fan, so I guess not not much better, right? But you know, it's <laughs> uh it's um it, a quarterback is always a topic of conversation. <laughs> I mean that's that's we're Eagles fans, pork and I, so yeah, we get that. Yeah. 
That's how it is for like half the teams, it feels like. So, you know, misery has company, I guess. It's Mm -hmm. amazing how many teams in the NFL need a quarterback right now. It's usually not like that. Like normally when when the draft time comes around, you think to yourself, where are these guys going to go? Because this team's good. That team's good. Now it's like, okay, we need more than just Mm -hmm. these guys. You know what I mean? But then everyone's saying, well, there's a bad quarterback class. It's like, well, the really weird thing is usually you have the NFL draft and it's like, well, number one and number two is quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen a single mock draft with the Texans and the Lions taking a quarterback. Not a one. Yeah, I could see them like trading back up at the bottom. You know, I think the Lions do have the Rams pick in the first round. So that'll be either the 31st or 32nd pick, depending on how that plays out. So that could be a good spot for a quarterback to go in a lot of, I see a lot of people mocking Malik Willis there, which I think if might. someone wants Malik Willis at this point though, after the senior bowl and after he attests, really especially really it's going to be a top 10 pick. And yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I don't like to use the term weak quarterback class. I like to use uncertain because I do think there is talent here. It's just, we mm-hmm. don't have the same certainty we've had with guys like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or, you know, in past classes, uh, there is talent, and if you like the mentality, if you like the traits, teams are gonna they're gonna bet on those guys. So that, yeah. that's just how it is with the position. They're gonna find guys they love, and they're gonna get them. Yeah, I will. Mm-hmm. I will say this: Can you imagine if Malik Willis goes to the Lions? How insufferable Maddie will be. Oh yeah, that's gonna be rough. Malik that's Willis. gonna be rough. <laughs> Having seen it on the Twitter side, I know that's gonna be. Uh, it's got, hey, I'd be I'd be excited too. Not gonna lie, as a Lions fan. Yeah, the, I mean, the group both. chat side, group chat yeah, side is brutal. I'm, just, I'm deleting my Twitter. So. Um, <laughs> Nate, what about uh, stock down for you? I, I see what you got here on the show sheet, and I agree with the first one, and I'm just questioning the second one. Um, so right. tell me what you got. Yeah, so I actually put down two wide receivers because um, I don't have a ton to say about either one. But, I mean, I think this year overall the senior bowl was kind of disappointing for the offensive players. I agree. I think a little bit of the weather kind of – went into that i think this is the senior bowl it's like the actual game itself you know just didn't have any offensive fireworks really um disappointing most likely for a lot of us fancy football enthusiasts but for my two guys that i think kind of lost some steam um alec pierce is definitely one of them he was getting hyped up at the end of the season by mel kuyper um even falling into like second round mock drafts by some media um and he was starting to become a really big sleeper and looking for that day two draft capital. People really like his contested catchability. I like the film I've seen on Alec Pierce. I think he's a, a solid prospect, but he left the senior bowl midway through the week. And I still have not heard an explanation for why. I don't know if it was an injury or what, but he left the senior bowl halfway through the week and did not play in the game. So without having any good reason, I'm automatically saying stock down. That's not a great look to leave the senior bowl. I don't know what happened, but, you know, you go out there, you try to compete, you want to play in the game, you want to show up. He didn't show up and do anything uh, impressive throughout the practices, really, and then he was out of there. So um, it's one thing for a guy like Jahan Dotson to just, you know, opt out because he has nothing to prove at this point. But it's another thing for a guy like Alec Pierce to show up and then, you know, leave halfway through. Um, If it's injury related, you know, of course that sucks. But any other reason, it's not looking good. So, Nate, I do have one question. We've heard before that a lot of guys will go and they'll practice and then leave and not play in the game. I've heard that that's a thing. But he didn't, he like practiced one day, I think, right? And then left? 
Well, they, yeah, this like like last year, Najee. I mean, I think Devonta Smith was there, but he was injured, and like Najee Harris was there to talk to the Dolphins and coaching staff, and you know he did like a couple drills, and then just kind of sat around the rest of the time. That's one thing. That's fine. You know, if you want to show up and make some networking connections, go for it. Don't don't understand. get yourself hurt. But if you just actually leave, I mean, and then don't have like a necessarily a good reason. I mean, he might have a good reason, but we haven't heard it yet. So as as of now, stock down for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other wide receiver is actually uh, Romeo Dubs. You know, he's a guy that I've actually been a pretty decent fan of throughout this pre-draft process so far. I've liked what I've seen on the tape. Um, but one of the things uh, I've seen a lot of people wonder as well as myself is what is his release off the line against good talent? And many times in the one-on-one drills, uh, we, we saw him not get off the line very well against press coverage. And if, if he can't – I mean, I know – there's a lot of times we're like, oh, well, this guy can't get off breast coverage. Well, fact is only like 15% of the time does a wide receiver actually play against press coverage. So mm-hmm. you can't hold that against their entire profile. But it does show a weakness and does show that, you know, that's something a defense can target. And if you want a guy like Romeo Dubs, who, you know, at best is day two draft capital, maybe early third draft capital, um, early day three draft capital, I mean, you don't want to see that, you know, if, if he's going to get on the field, you want to see him get off the line. You want to see him beat cornerbacks and get down the field like he's supposed to and create those yards after the catch and all that. And if you can't get off the line, um, it's, it's not, it's not a good look. So I'm not saying, you know, he's, he's a crap wide receiver. I still like dubs and what he can do after the catch and his frame. But I, I looking at those drills, just need to see him get off the line a little bit better. So. Okay. Um, I have two as well. One I'll just touch on briefly. Uh, but my main stock down, this might sound weird, Brian Robinson Jr. I understand, you know, I heard through various sources that the defensive line is going to overshadow the offensive line because offensive linemen are used to playing collectively as a unit, blah, blah, blah. So it can help to make uh, the defensive line look better. Props up to Jesse Lucchetta. Penn State product for getting two sacks, but I didn't see the power and vision that I'm used to seeing Brian Robinson have. And you know, that being said, usually he can navigate, um, you know, areas where there's he's really congested with defenders. So seeing something like this makes me wonder: is he as good as I think he is, or is he a product of Alabama system? Because we've seen time and time again these these big collegiate programs, you know, you're you're putting out players in the NFL that you think are going to be, you know, smash studs, but in reality, it's just your 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 skill positions are so much better than what you're playing against that it makes you look better than you really are. So it is a concern. It's a question. I do think he's going to be okay. I don't think that Brian Robinson, for what it's worth, is ever going to be a locked in fantasy stud. To be honest with you, I think he's going to be serviceable. I think he's going to get overdrafted. I think he's going to piss a lot of people off. <laughs> Unless he's on your real NFL team, he's going to be a touchdown machine, but not do much else, like a goal line guy. Um, my other stock down is Desmond Ritter. So admittedly, I've never been very high on Desmond Ritter, and I've been called an idiot and other names on Twitter because of that, which I don't care. I have thick, silky white skin. Um but I did see a lot of practice clips, and he was really inconsistent. Ian, maybe you can you could touch on that. I just heard him just floating stuff all over the place. 
And for the love of God, if I have to hear the story about him becoming a father and how his mom had him when he was 15, one more time, like I get it, but like, <laughs> we don't, we don't need another, you know, you know, the guy, the, the guy from the, the Raiders, Darren Waller. Like we don't need, to, you know, we know, we get it. Darren Waller was a drug addict. Great. He overcame it. We don't need to hear it. Every Raiders game. I don't need to hear this every time Desmond Ritter steps in the field. It's a beautiful story. But again, don't beat me to death with it. But that being said, I'm concerned about the inconsistencies. You can't have a starting quarterback in the NFL that you don't know where the hell the ball is going to go. You just can't. You know where that's going to get you? On the bench. It's that easy. So that being said, I hope Washington drafts Desmond Ritter. Ritter that would be funny when they oh, take man. their benches to the Cowboys stadium and then just get absolutely clapped. So basically what I'm hearing is Mike thinks that Desmond Ritter is a bad quarterback because his story is too dramatic. No, the story is cute. I will say that. And they showed the picture of his. Well, it's like Najee Harris was homeless, and he's a great running back because of that. So, did you see when someone's like, he chose to sleep on the floor because he did in the homeless shelter, and he just tweeted back, he's like, "No, I slept in the bed." (laughs) Thank you, Najee. So I will say this about Desmond Ritter's week. I think it's interesting in that I think you could say you, you could say it was a like you could say he lost, you could say he won because I think he lost, and like you said still showed that inconsistency from down to down that he hasn't been able to shake through four years as a starter. I mean, it's mechanical. Uh, there's little mechanical things that he can fix that just that shows up every now and then. And, you know, it impacts his accuracy. You wonder it's a habit at this point. He can't break it. Mm-hmm. I do like that. He had a really bad day one and he actually, he improved a little bit throughout the week. He got a little bit more consistent, had a good showing in the game, still never quite kicked the inconsistency. So that's going to be the question with him. You know, can he kick it long-term as a starting quarterback in the NFL? I'm not sold on it, but I do think, like you said, the character and the upside, you know, that's all it takes for NFL teams to say, I can work with this guy. I can Mm -hmm. fix him. They can't always do that, but that might get get him the opportunity. So we'll see. Um, I I don't know. It it was a weird week for him that I think he lost in some aspects, won in some aspects, but still coming away with that cloudy outlook, which is never a great thing. Yeah, Yeah, and I think you can say that for a lot of the players at the Senior Bowl this week. Um, I think a lot of them you could argue lost, and I think you, at the same time you could argue they're the same guys won. It It was a hard Senior Bowl to really pull out distinct winners and losers other than a couple guys. Um, it wasn't even like, a good game either. No, it wasn't. Even like Sam Howell. I mean, I heard that he had some great practices. I heard he had some bad practices, ups and downs in the game. I mean, you can you can argue a lot of these players either way. They kind of uh, – it was just kind of a weird week. I mean, it might have been the weather. Who knows? Yeah. The weather know. definitely had an effect on day two. I yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> like for, for all the guys, yeah. it, was, it was rough. But the game – like I said, the game itself was just – wasn't that great. I was like, oh, I was excited about this. Come on, Senior Bowl. Do better next time. All right. So we are going to end on a positive note for this segment because that was Ian's choice, and I like it. So, Ian, let's start with you here. Uh, you have a couple guys you want to talk about, and I want to hear about all of them. So go for it. Yeah, you know, I tried to stay more positive than negative, so I chose three positive guys as opposed to one negative guy. So uh, starting with wide receivers, uh, I got to watch these guys later on, and some of it I saw I saw this guy flash a lot during the week, and he flashed during the game, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. 
Uh, this guy was – he had a very good week. And he was one of the guys who needed to do exactly that, is have a good week. And he did because, you know, not a lot of people knew who he was coming in. Now everyone knows who he was. My guy Ali over at PFN, he wrote him up. He uh, In January, we have this really good club for prospects. And, you know, he messaged me after he wrote up his report. He's like, hey, uh, can we accept Christian Watson to the really good club? Because he's really good. Like so, And so he, he was on it for – he was on it early. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely come to fruition through this week i know christian watson uh, he measured in at 6'4 211 so really good size uh he was listed at 6'5 mm-hmm. at north dakota state but sometimes you're worried that those schools tack on a couple inches because they do do that sometimes so you gotta you gotta be careful about that but he measured in at 6'4 be so really in us guys always tack on a couple inches wherever we can <laughs> i know exactly like i don't blame him i don't blame him you know my driver's license i i, I would say i'm six foot but i'm like five ten five nine so it's like you know you always gotta you always gotta tack on a couple where you can because really yeah that, that's just how it is it's, it's it's a rough world out there but you no know, christian watson is actually as advertised you know he's um you know, 6'4", 211. Uh, he's got great athleticism, though. This guy has kick return experience at 6'4", 211. And he's super elusive in open field, uh, explosive. But I was really impressed with his ability as a receiver and a route runner. You know, I think that was the one thing that I want to see. We know he has the run after catch ability. We know he's a dynamic weapon with the ball in his hands. But can he get separation and, and you know, convince the quarterback to give him those opportunities? And I thought he did that. You know, he's got great hip sync. I thought he was able to stack direction changes. I thought he has great body control. He showed off some really nice acrobatic catches because uh, the quarterbacks weren't super accurate, you know, and he was able to benefit from that and show off some of those nice catches. Uh, there was that one big play from Kenny Pickett during the game where Pickett underthrew it and Watson mm-hmm. had to make an adjustment and he did exactly that. His hands were really good. Uh, I think that Christian Watson was one of the biggest risers and when he tests, he's going to test very well. I think he could end up going uh, day two, maybe even round two. I think he's that good. And he has such a, a very, such an enticing skill set, you know, not just with the ball in his hands, but he proved that he can get the ball in his hands too by separating and making adjustments at the catch point. So big riser, Christian Watson. Um, another wide receiver in pretty much the opposite mold is Calvin Austin the third Memphis. This guy is uh, this guy's more my speed, more my speed, and well, not my speed, but my size, I guess I should say. But he's like five. <laughs> you ain't seven. that fast, Ian. I know. I know, dude. I know. I yeah, it's rough, man. Me and my buddy, we timed our forties at the uh, high school track, and I would prefer to leave that. I would prefer to leave it um, unmentioned. Over uh, under five five. Uh, it was it was it was around five. It was around five. I thought I was faster, <laughs> man. I was disappointed in myself. But uh, Calvin Austin is very much not a five forty guy. This guy will probably run sub four four. He's got game breaking speed. Uh, he's only five seven three uh, and one seventy four pounds, but he does have almost thirty one inch arms. So that's really good proportional length. For a wide receiver, I think the average arm length for a receiver is around 31 inches. So for a guy who's 5'7", to have that, you know, it's not, again, it's not, he's never going to be an elite contested catch threat, but he can at least play bigger than his frame. And he did that multiple mm-hmm. times, making adjustments, reaching for the football. You'd like to see that. And then on top of that, man, he's a separation machine. I mean, this guy is super twitchy and explosive off the line. Uh, he can stack direction changes really quickly. He can manipulate defensive backs and engage in deception with those head fakes and really, you know, employ those with quick deception. You know, he's he's a really fun route runner. And that was something that came up on tape. You know, he's not just the guy who wins off of his explosiveness. Although if he gets a step on you, he can spread that gap, you know, downfield. You got to be careful about that. If he gets over top of you, he's gone. 
but I do think that you know he he knows how to employ deception on top of his on top of his athleticism. You know he can kind of compound those two and and maximize his route running, running ability with that. So I thought he showed that a couple times this week. Really sudden, able to sink his hips, able to change directions, and then on top of that, he can make plays at the catch point too. So I, the question that keeps popping up to my mind is if Tutu Atwell ra- went round two. You know I I think Atwell was an outlier. I don't think he should have gone that high. I don't think we're going to see guys with that size go. Mm-hmm that high very often but i do think that austin with the showing that he had at the senior bowl could maybe be a top 100 pick and if not you know i think he could be a great value deal in early day three who eventually goes on to outperformance draft billing one more because i know i'm already rambling on but jeremy ruckert ohio state uh this guy he's another guy i think he could be a better pro than a college player at Ohio State, you know, they never get tight ends a ton of production, especially fighting for reps with uh, Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. There, there were a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, so he didn't always get his due. But Jeremy Ruckert really impressed me in the little bit that I saw on tape. You know, he's, a, he's clearly a great athlete. I think he sinks his hips a little bit more naturally than most of the, of the tight ends in this class. He's shown he can make adjustments. You see those one-hand catches. He's got good body control and ball tracking ability. And that translated this week at the Senior Bowl. He was catching almost all of the passes that came his way, showing good body control and, and, and agility, and then showing the route running ability to separate against linebackers. And he's a good blocker, too. You know, he's he has an attacking mindset. I think that'll get him on the field early and often. And then I think his receiving ability can shine at the next level with a, with increased uh, workloads. So Jeremy Ruckert was another big one for me. There were a couple of tight ends. I know Mike had, a, had Jake Ferguson, who I was thinking about too. So I didn't want to spoil it, but you can talk more about him later. But there were a lot of tight ends I thought that flashed at the senior bowl, which is good. I think it's a deep group, and Ruckert's a part of that. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I, I like that. And since you mentioned it, I'll just um, – I'll go here quick. Um, yeah, so Jake Ferguson, and admittedly, the only time I had heard anything about Jake Ferguson was when Nate uh, sent me the big board for all of the people to scout. And I saw Jake Ferguson's name on there, and I thought to myself, oh, boy, a Wisconsin tight end. It's going to be a snooze fest. But I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he looked really good. You know what he looked like to me in this game? He looked like a competent NFL tight end. And I'm looking at the box score here, and I know that I know people say that the game doesn't matter in this circumstance. Well, then I'll tell you what, from now on in the NFL, let's just practice all week and have practice winners. Um, But three catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. Playing with guys he's never played with before. Quarterbacks he's never played with before. Playing next to tackles he's never played with before. And I think that's something. He looked smooth. He looked fluid. He looked the ball into his hands. He didn't try to run before he caught the ball. He did everything you want a proficient NFL tight end to do. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say he's not going to be Kyle Pitts. He's not going to be Trey McBride or Isaiah Likely, who I haven't scouted yet. I'm just going off the name and what I've heard. But I think he can be something, a guy that I'd probably, I would look to scoop up late in a tight end premium league and have stash him on my taxi squad or on my bench because you never know. know, He could be a flex player or something like that. And then my other stock up is Malik Willis because you have to. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say on that. So yeah, Ferguson, uh, I was rewatching some tight end reps on day three of practice, and he, uh, yeah, he's a good. He's got run after catch ability, but he can go up and extend for passes too. You know, he's an impressive guy at the catch point. So I thought, yeah, I, I, it was him and Rucker that really flashed to me this week. Yeah, I actually, he- last year. I was hoping Jake Ferguson was going to declare. I actually liked mm-hmm. his tape coming out of 2020 season. 
Um, he went back to college and I was a little disappointed, but you know, he got the opportunity of the senior bowl. He had a decent season. So I think overall it probably worked out pretty well for him. It's a little bit uh, weaker of a top uh, tight end class than it was last year with Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryer move. Um, but I think Jake Ferguson is going to be a good mid mid round tight end. Um, I think like Mike said, competent, you know, might never be a top guy, but solid. I mean, who knows what he'll do for fantasy, but I think he'll, He'll stick around on rosters in the NFL for a long time. You know, we watched a guy last year, and Ian, you probably know him, uh, Matt Bushman uh, out oh, of BYU. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sir. yes, sir. I think Jake Ferguson kind of reminds me of that. I mean, I guess I'm just saying. Did he get drafted? Uh, I, think, yeah, I don't think he got uh, drafted. The problem with Matt Bushman was he was like 28 years old. I mean, that's that's every BYU prospect. Every, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. But uh, right. I think, you know, Similar style players. I think Jacob Ferguson's a good bit better. But, you know, there's guys who are just good blockers, good in the red zone, have some fluidity in their routes. You know, good all-around tight ends. Yeah, tight ends and running backs and tight ends, both of them. If they're if they're a good blocker, that's mm-hmm. a good way to get some security for your stock. And if you, yeah, I mean, you making Mike happy with that comment, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you got you got to do the dirty work, you know, to to earn that's your right. keep. But, but Ferguson's a good receiver on top of that, so it's not, it's yep. nice to have that dual sided ability too. By the way, he entered as a UDFA with the Raiders last year. He is now with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's twenty six, not twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget these guys that go to BYU. A lot of times they do the the, the year mission. overseas. Yeah, so mission. you know yeah. they're always a li- and it's like these BYU guys. Well, they're a year older. You know why they're a year older? Because they went to BYU. Why do you keep bringing it up? <laughs> you know why? So I don't even remember watching his film. To be honest with you, that's how memorable he was. <laughs> <laughs> Someone one day is gonna be like, "You remember about Matt Bushman?" I'm gonna go. I don't. <laughs> I don't. So, um, all right. Who who are we up to next? Let's go. You know what, Pork? I want to talk to talk about yours real quick, and then Nate, we're going to get to you, uh, because this guy was all over the field on Saturday, and I heard he had a very good week of practice too. Pork, who's your stock up? Yeah, Rashad White really did have a really good week this week. Um, I w- <clears throat> I especially looked at the games. I really get a chance to like look at certain practice reps that he had, but during the game, he looked really really good really explosive at the line um he's catching the ball out the backfield and this is like the type of guy that you know we're kind of looking for in this draft because there's not really a clear cut i mean there's a clear cut too that i know me and nate do like but after that it's kind of like i don't know which way we're going to go i know mike likes spiller too so i'll add him in there as well but after Mm -hmm. those three there's you know not one guy that is gonna is gonna take over that spot, and I think after the Senior Bowl performance that he had, I feel like he had like eleven carries, sixty something yards. Um, he's going. I think he's going to propel himself to the second round, maybe a, a day two type type pick when people mm-hmm. weren't really looking at him at that point. Um, you know, he had to get the eyes on him. So you know, he playing in Arizona State. You know, don't get that many eyes on him. So you're at the Senior Bowl. You got guys out there looking for. Oh, I need a back. I need a, a second back. But I think this guy has the ability to be a, a a guy that could be a third down back, a three down back. So with a guy like that playing very, very well, I, I'll I'll take that all day. 
Yeah, there were there were a couple at the senior practices. There's always a few plays where you're you're always focusing on certain position groups, but there's always a, a certain play from a different area of the field that gets people buzzing, you know. And I know Rashad White made a couple of those. We're like, wait, mm-hmm. who was that? Like you kind of <laughs> you see him in your periphery. You're like, wait, who was that? Oh, it was Rashad mm-hmm. White. He he made some really nice plays. So. For what it's worth, I thought Rashad White looked really good in the game. I know people were kind of raving about his, his weekend practice, like you were saying, Ian. I am a notoriously hard grader for for what it's worth when it comes to this stuff. You could ask these guys. My scores are usually a little bit lower than everybody else's, unless I really like somebody. Um, I thought that Rashad White was just really average on some of his film. And here's the thing. I thought he was like a good average. Like he's going to do everything really well, but he's also a guy that I could see an NFL team would replace at some point in time if they feel like they need an upgrade. If that makes sense. That being said, I think a game like this is really going to help his draft stock out. And I was impressed with what I saw more so over what I saw in his Arizona state film. And then that other guy that I liked that other Arizona state running back, Nate. <laughs> was, was, oh uh, my gosh. That was great. But, Mike texts me. One night he's like, Oh, DeMonte <laughs> Trinanium. That guy is awesome. Just Forget Rashad White, just wait a year and draft him. I was Love like, Mike, just so you know, that guy transferred to Ohio State. And Mike's like, oh, well, that's even better. He, like, he's at Ohio State. And I was like, but he plays linebacker now. <laughs> I'm so pissed. Oh, and then I go, I go down some Nate Christian rabbit hole where I'm scouting this backup six foot eight tight end from Arizona State. I'm looking at the sheet. I'm like, we're not even scouting this that guy. And I'm texting Nate, like, scouting report on this guy incoming. Like, he's the, he's so tall and lanky. He's terrible. I can't wait. You want to you hear us talk about him? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. <laughs> After we're going to be talking about that guy, I don't even remember what his name is. Caleb Collin something. Big tight end from Arizona State. Head on over to find okay. out. So um, let's get to our last Senior Bowl risers of the night. Nate, you got a couple. I am not surprised by the one on this list, but tell all our listeners who you're talking about. Yeah, this you know, this senior bowl week made me pretty happy <laughs> because one of the, the true risers you can really pick out that had a good week is Jalen Tolbert. And I'm one of the biggest Jalen Tolbert fans around. I mean, on a film grade, I have him ranked as one of my top five wide receivers just on film. I mean, this guy pops off the film for me. And I've just been waiting for an opportunity for him to do it in front of some other people with some good competition. Um, and he, he got, came to the Senior Bowl. Jahan Dotson opted out, so Tolbert was the best wide receiver on his team for this week, and he showed it. Um, he showed the contested catch ability. He showed the ability to you know, create separation with his route running, showed the physicality. He really showed the all-around wide receiver that he is because that's one of the things that I love about Jalen Tolbert, the fact that he's not just – really good at one thing and that's why he did so well in college he is in my opinion an all-around wide receiver talent who can really play across the field and I just love getting to watch him you know do well at the senior bowl with the talent there so automatic riser for me excited to see him I hope he locked in that day two draft capital this week because if he has that day two draft capital I'm gonna have so much Jalen Tolbert on my teams just hoping for a good landing spot at that point um and then the other guy, which um, is a running back. You know, I don't think any of the running backs for me really, really stood out. But I think Jerome Ford was a riser this week because 
Jerome Ford showed us something this week that we didn't really get to see with him in Cincinnati, and it was the receiving upside. Um, he got to be used throughout the receiving drills. He looked pretty natural. He had some good catches, good hands, showed that he could transition from the catch to uh, you know running after the catch pretty well. And that was one of the question marks with Jerome Ford. We knew that he could run. We knew that he had you know good athleticism. But the, the receiving upside, that, that third down roll, where, where was he with that? And he showed pretty well out uh, this week. So plus for him there, I think he's going to be kind of uh, – he might sneak in the day two, but I think he's, he's pretty locked into probably like a fourth, fifth rounder. Um, and if he gets a good landing spot, I think he has the ability to come in and kind of be like a, a Khalil Herbert and you know take over a three-down roll for a while. Um, maybe he doesn't keep that if the incumbent starter comes back from injury or something like that. But I think, I think he showed enough that a team would trust him with a three-down roll if needed. So um, good for him. I love some Jerome Ford. Pork, you want to say and, something? And, and the honorable mention, too, I forgot to put it in the show sheet, but Damian Pierce had a great week this week, too. Ooh, pass pro. Um, he runs runs like – yeah, oh, my gosh. He, the dude from he, Florida? he pretty much blocked the defensive yeah. lineman. And he could not get I around him at all. Dude. That guy was a I'm freaking dog. Guy. And even if they when they give him the ball to, he runs with a hundred percent effort. And I actually love him about that. And that's this is a Bob, this is a Bob Van guy. Because he's so, he, he been talking about Damian Pierce for months now. Man. Um, so I was able to actually look at him during the senior bowl, and I was like, yo, this guy, his his pass pro is out of his world. Um, so, but I think he I think he's a guy that can carve a role on the team as a red zone guy, maybe not like too much for fantasy. But as a red zone guy, and he could be a third down, third down back guy now because he can, you know, he can block. But he he's he definitely is going to get his stock is way up now after that pass, bro. Because after uh, you're 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 stopping a, a three hundred pound dude in his tracks, like he yeah. straight up put his arms up and stopped him. The guy tried to do all the moves, couldn't do anything. I absolutely love that about his uh his practice this week. Yeah, some of his Florida tape is really impressive. He was definitely underutilized, but the dude is tough. There's one t- t- run, t- re- uh, touchdown run, god dang, touchdown run from this past year <laughs> where uh, his helmet fell off and he just kept yeah. running forward. He kept barreling forward and dove in. Like, they called your the- helmet's off, man. Like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> like, slow down. He doesn't care. And he's he's actually, you know, so on some of that Florida tape too, he's actually a pretty natural receiver out of the backfield. Yeah. I didn't quite see at the senior bowl if that translated, but definitely it shows up on tape at Florida. And then he's just a bowling ball. You know, he's got uh, some modest creative instincts, but the contact balance is good. You know, I I've been a fan of his and I think, you know, especially with that tough mentality, that pass blocking, I could see him maybe sneaking into the top 100 and give that day two capital. I sound like a fantasy guy now. Day two capital. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> a, yeah. I could see him doing that. All right. Well, you know, Ian's going to be in dynasty league soon. So we got to make sure we, we, we get, get him in one of those. In. But here, yes. here's my problem with Damian Pierce. And I, I like Damian Pierce a lot. We all like Damian Pierce a lot. We all love Damian Pierce a lot. And that's the problem. Yeah. Because I am afraid the NFL is not going to like Damian Pierce as much as we do. We all really? love Damian Pierce. He's a very popular sleeper. But when he gets picked in the fourth, fifth round, and he's a third stringer to start, start the year, you know, we're all going to draft him, overdraft him, and we're all going to be like, Damian Pierce, just wait going to go off in the preseason and then he's going to sit behind you know two other dudes for three seasons so uh, i mean i don't hope that's what happens but i'm, I'm just kind of worried that fantasy football and draft twitter is all over damian pierce and we're kind of skewing our view on him because i don't think the nfl is going to be on high as high on him 
because I don't think the NFL is going to be as high on all these running backs as we are. And I think we just have to keep that in mind because I would not be surprised to only see three or four running backs go before day three. Yeah, you're about right. For sure. I mean, and is Damien Pierce the top three, four running backs in this class? Probably not. Nah. I think we're going to be disappointed in this class overall as far as where these guys land. I think this is going to be like a really good line defense. It's, it's, I, Bob keeps saying think. it's going to be a good IDP draft. So Yeah, which – Yay. Ian doesn't care. Ian no. doesn't care. Ian doesn't Until care. he's in the Dynasty League by the end of the month. We got to get him <laughs> in one, right? Yeah. We How are you not in, in a Dynasty League yet? Is what we I were talking about it at the end of the mock because I was like, this is actually kind of fun. <laughs> you know, <and> <laughs> kind of getting sucked into the rabbit hole, but I'll have to do it this offseason for sure. I, it, I, I, I don't know. I have to put this knowledge to use somehow other than draft, exactly. Anyway. And then, you know, it'll all blow up in my face when I go like four and 10 my first year. But, you know, <laughs> well, you, Ian, you just have to promise you're going to wait to join a dynasty league when you can join it with us. Don't join any other. other people. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'll make sure I join it with you guys. Okay. I know, I know all your bad, windows. I know all your bad tendencies. So <laughs> You know who to target. Exactly. <laughs> Ian, before we let you head out for the evening, do you have anything else that you want to talk about that happened at the Senior Bowl or anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, I guess I'll just, you know, a uh, quick word on the quarterbacks. Like, I do like the talent in this class, even if it's uncertain. You know, I do think there are guys that can be solid starters. And especially after the Senior Bowl, uh, you hear stuff about Pickett and Willis and Howell all interviewing really well. I think that'll – and Ritter, too. Uh, they all interviewed well. So all it takes is, you know, that character and the upside to win over teams and say, hey, we can invest. Because you're not, you're not, you know, prospecting what they are right now. You're kind of projecting what they can be. And if you're a team looking at what they can be, if they can win you games, then you might be willing to invest in them. And especially, you know, some teams that need quarterbacks might be looking to win now, like Washington. There's a couple others, but like mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett might be the, the guy for that. Or you look at maybe the Josh Allen syndrome, like, oh, Malik Willis can be Josh Allen. You know, everyone likes to make that parallel. It's it's a reach. We don't want to go there, right? But it, it does go to show the teams do bet on traits. And if the mentality, if they sell them on the mental aspect of it, then it makes it easier to invest in those trades. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, you know, that, that's my word on the quarterback class. Everyone likes to deflate it, but I do think there's talent there. It's just, it is more uncertain than years past. So we'll just have to see how it pans out. Uh, IDP, I mean, let's, let's talk about some defensive guys real quick. Cause I was watching the trenches. Um, Dominique Robinson from Miami, Ohio, he's not an IDP, IDP guy. This is more just a draft sleeper, but he's a former wide receiver who transitioned over just a couple of years ago. And is very athletic off the line, explosive. He's got bend. He's got really good lateral agility. I thought he flashed a lot this week and could end up being a starter down the line. Uh, Boye Mafe, if you saw him, he dominated the Senior Bowl game. And he was very, very productive all week. This is a guy who I think could challenge for round one spot. Uh, he was on Feldman's Freaks with a 4.5740 and a 40.5-inch vertical at 6'4", 265. He measured in at 6'3.5", 255. So a little smaller, but he's got power. He's got explosiveness. He's got bend. Uh, and he's very – you listen to him talk, too. He's a process-oriented guy who knows how to stack rushing moves. So I'm a big fan of Boye Mafe, uh, edge rusher, getting that sack production, getting those forced fumbles. Could be a guy. And then I think the two standouts of the week, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State and Perry and Winfrey, uh, Oklahoma, was the mm-hmm. defensive MP- MVP for the game. Winfrey is just an all-out monster on the line, man. He is a red-hot motor. Uh, he's explosive. He's got great length and power, straight-line power. And then Jermaine Johnson is just kind of that all-around edge rusher. You know, I don't think – you could argue he doesn't have, like, a trump card trait, 
but I think he has good explosiveness. He's got good lateral agility. Uh, and then he's got a really refined pass rushing arsenal. He's got good strength. He's around 6'5", 260. So he just looks like a guy who doesn't have a lot of weaknesses, and that could help him go on to have a long, productive career. And I think, you know, he was kind of a fringe first-round guy coming in, but I think he played himself in the top 15, top 20 range. Uh, so he can be a solid guy who has, you know, more than enough athleticism and power. You know, not elite in any area, but I do think has a very well-rounded profile and could go on to have a long career. So those are a few defensive guys that stood out to me. Watching the trenches, you know, just kind of comes to you. But I, it's a fun class overall. You know, I think there's a lot to talk about and a lot that we're going to be talking about in the months to come. And, you know, April, once it comes around, man, I feel like, we still won't have covered all the bases. It's a lot to talk about, but it's always a fun time. Always a crazy time, sure, but always a fun time. I agree. And uh, I do want you to know that if the Eagles draft Kenny Pickett, Pork said that he would buy me lunch. So that means this dude I will. make me drive an hour and a half to buy me Wendy's. I'm calling that right now. Hey, shoot. A Baconator for me. See? There I already go. got my order set already. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. But – um so hopefully they do. But anyway, that being said, Ian, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate you coming on, hanging out, talking about the Senior Bowl. Hopefully one day the Dynasty Rewind crew can get down there. But I will say this. I know it's not cool to stay for the game, but there is like this one tent in the back of the end zone, like a Michelob Ultra tent where I saw like heaters and grills and stuff in there. I'm like, that's where I want to be. I want to go right there. <laughs> And uh, and watch Mike's like, you're coming for the practices, I'm coming for the Michelob Walter tent, man. That's That's what I'm all about, man. You know what I mean? Get away from my wife and child for a little (laughs) bit, you know what I mean? (laughs) We're potty training her now, it's brutal. But, um, Ian, thank you very much for coming on. You know, you're always welcome here. And let us know when you want to get into a dynasty league. I think we could help you out with that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, you seem like the guys that could help me out with that. It's a good hookup. So, yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. I'm ready to get into it. So, whenever you got your draft, let me know, and I'll just hop on in and, and you know, reach for all my guys, and it'll be, it'll be a fun <laughs> All right, that's how you got to do it. So, Ian, thank you again for coming. So, we're going to continue the episode. Um, let's see here. How do I do this? I usually, I only take pork out of the... What? <laughs> all right. So, Ian, thanks again, and we'll see you soon, okay? Yes, sir. See you soon. Take it easy. All right. right, So that was Ian Cummings. You can find him on Twitter and he's got a couple underscores in his name. So it's at Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine. That has a lot of underscores. I know Bob is a big underscore guy too. So that was great, man. I I do hope that one day the Dynasty Rewind crew can get down to the Senior Bowl. That would be awesome. Senior Bowl or Combine? What would you guys rather do? Ah, I would probably say the Combine. See, I would say the I can go with a, I, senior bowl. Yeah. I don't think I like the combine. This would be fun for me. I mean, combine be fun, but it's the underwear Olympics. Come on, give me some football on a field. All they're doing <laughs> is they're they're guys just running routes and drills. Like senior bowl practices are a little chippier. You know what I mean? These guys they really want to make it. And Sean is saying two crew members to each. So all right, so Mike I, and I'll be in the Michael Ultra tent, and Porkman and Shav will be uh, at the combine on the track suits. Perfect. Hey, hey, I'll put one on. I'll run a 40 real quick. I knew you. You and Rich Eisen. <laughs> I can be rich. Uh, no, you no, know that probably mean? can't. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I want to know something about Rich Eisen. Do you think he loves drafting? Do you think he wishes he could redraft each week within the season? If so, it's time for him and all of our listeners to check out Underdog Fantasy. The best ball platform season-long drafts for the 2022 season are now open 
Along with that, there's still weekly drafts and pickums for every playoff game. Support the Dynasty Rewind team and join us on Underdog Fantasy by using the promo code Rewind when you make your first deposit, and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Deposit 100, get 100 more to play with. Boom. The link is in the description, and we'll see you there. You know who else we will see there? We will see Bailey Zappi, who was at the Senior Bowl. We didn't really touch on him too much because we're talking about him tonight. So, Bailey Zappi, quarterback from Western Kentucky, six foot one, two hundred twenty pounds. He had did not have a recruiting rating actually. He was, uh, I think, he went to Houston Baptist University for a few years. Then he was a grad transfer to uh, Western Kentucky. I almost say every time I say Western Kentucky, I almost always say Western Michigan for some reason. I don't know why. But get this: in twenty twenty one, five thousand nine hundred sixty seven passing yards. But only 11 touchdowns and 11 picks. Sean, is that is that right? That is incorrect. 61 touchdowns. I was going to say, thank you, because he broke Joe Burrow's passing record. 61 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. (laughs) I was going to say, Sean. And he uh, completed 69.2% of his passes. He's a projected fourth-round draft pick. Again, draft picks courtesy of NFLMockDraftDatabase.com. We're not affiliated with them, but if they'd like to be, you can gladly sponsor us. We would love that. Um, so anyway, let's talk a little bit about Bailey Zappi here. I'll start. Let me get my little, my cool little scouting card out. By the way, Nate, do you know how I can reformat this so it looks good on my computer by chance? The scouting card? Yeah. Get a match. <laughs> Short of me spending $1,000 on a computer. Um, all right. Here's what I thought about Bailey Zappi. In order for him to be successful at the next level, he is going to have to watch a ton of Drew Brees film. I think his, um, I think he came in a little bit shorter at the combine than what his uh, stats are here. I think he came in at uh, six foot. His accuracy is really good on short and intermediate passes. It's not that great on deep passes. He's more of a rhythm and touch thrower. Mm-hmm. Um, for arm strength he has an arm that is good enough to be in the nfl but far from elite his feet are a little slow kind of like carson strong but he does set his feet very well he sees the entire field he also plays an air raid style of offense so the thing about that is you know he's going to be okay with slinging it a couple times as you can see almost six thousand yards passing which is just crazy uh he's very good with uh anticipation and his decision making he could throw on the run he can do it it doesn't look that great, but he can kind of do it. Uh, he's not a running quarterback at all by any means. He can move around in the pocket a little bit. But, I mean, the production is there. And, you know, I think he's going to be a great, fantastic developmental quarterback. Let him sit for a year or so, and I think he could be a very serviceable starter. He's not going to wow you. Um, the touchdowns last season broke Joe Burrow's record, which was 60 in 2019. We all remember that. Um, so, one thing that I want to point out, I know you will hear a lot of talk about he played at a lower level than he only played at Western Kentucky. Let's be clear. Zappi is a guy we were drafting late in leagues and deep stashing on our taxi squads for the time being. So that's it. And before I even knew what his projected draft capital was, I had him at four to six rounds, four to six anywhere in there. And I put team fits. Minnesota and the Raiders, because, you know, they're always trying to replace Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr for some reason. So if you stash this guy for a year, might work out. That was also before Mike Zimmer got fired. My grade for him is 5.30. <laughs> so he is on the closer end of between serviceable and good starter, closer to serviceable than good starter. Uh, Pork, your thoughts on Mr. Zappi? 
Yeah, I mean, fan. we pretty much got the same uh, sentiment about the guy. I mean, I, I love the fact that he has all the production. I mean, we always say like, if you if you got if you got it, do it. And he has talent um, around him. I know we're going to be talking about one receiver later, but um, there's another receiver that he had. Uh, last name was Tinsley. Uh, he he was one. I think he was better than the guy we're going to be talking about later. Um, but he actually made him look really good on some of his deep passes, even though his uh, his arm isn't the greatest. Um, I really I just have him right now drafted as a backup, um, just solely because of coming out of the air raid offense. A lot of those passes that he has is a lot of like just schemed open passes, like first read and goes. And uh, with a guy like Tinsley and a guy like Jared Stearns that he had that was catching all those passes, it was just like, okay, these guys are just wide the freak open, and you can't really mess this up. <laughs> and uh, going against really, really bad talent too. So, you know, some of those, some of these are very, very inflated on top of uh, them rarely running the ball as much. So um, with Bailey, hey, hey, he, he has the moxie. To, to throw throw the rock like that as many times as he can, but when you get to an NFL defense and they start reading your tendencies with your um, not lack of arm strength, but just not elite arm strength, I feel mm-hmm. as though they're going to anticipate some of the throws that you may have when when you're reading offenses and 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 go for it. So, just for me, you know, developmental guy could be something, but I highly doubt it. Um, so I, I see him like as a backup guy. I think I, I think I grade him as like a five point in our in our scale, which is just like a just a backup. And uh, hey, you never know; he might be like a guy like a Taylor Heineke who can you know come in, win you a couple games. No, don't win you like a, a season or or take you to the playoffs. But I think he can come in and maybe win you a game or two, and you know go back to the starter that that you originally had if he comes back from injury. I do like the the Heineke comp as far as what he could do for you. Like you got a full year out of Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Either you were not drafting the guy or you were picking him up off waivers. Like you want to talk about value, and you're talking about Western Kentucky, how they didn't run the ball. This is the guy right here. Running back number 20, Noah Whittington. This mm-hmm. dude is a banger. When they do run the ball, he runs angry. He runs hard. I'm <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. They're setting records out there at Western Kentucky. I'd be giving this guy the ball more, man. He was a bruiser. Mm-hmm. He's definitely going to be on my radar. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can't draft him in my C2C startup I'm doing because they decided <laughs> to only do Power 5 schools, which means I couldn't draft him <laughs> Mordecai. Nate, I know you uh, you didn't uh, have too much that you wanted to add to uh, these guys. Yeah. You said you're not the biggest fan, but did you want to add anything to Bailey Zappi? You guys said a lot. Um I will say, I mean, the production is really impressive, you know, and I know it's against lower competition, but anytime you throw for 60 something touchdowns, that's impressive. And the fact that it's a six to one touchdown ratio, uh, interception ratio. And, you know, if you're throwing the ball that much and you've only thrown 11 interceptions, I mean, that's, that's pretty good on your decision-making, you know, and I thought he did well to maneuver the pocket. Um, you know, he, he, like, like Mike said, he's not necessarily running quarterback, but he's no statue. And he, so he's kind of in the middle there. He can maneuver the pocket. He can move around, get outside of the pocket. And, uh, maybe he's not the best throwing on the run, but he can at least extend plays enough to make something happen. So I think 
I think you guys really hit the nail on the head. You know, he's 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 a backup quarterback at the next level, but he's a backup quarterback that we enjoy watching. And I think because of that, you know, there there is like Porkman said, Moxie there, and you know, just the production level. You know, there's a chance he comes in and is a spot starter for a while. So definitely a guy that's you know worth being on your taxi squad in the Superflex League. But you know, I wouldn't go out there and you know reach for him anytime. You know, just let him fall into you. He might be a you know, I don't know what his draft capital is going to end up looking like. We you know mock draft database said fourth. I think that'd be pretty good draft capital for him. I think, you know, yeah. that, that put him on a team where he, he, you know, you'd at least be able to roster him for a couple of years on your taxi squad. Uh, one thing I did notice, I forgot to mention, and this could be a system thing. I didn't really see him throw to running backs very often. I think that's the system that he plays in though, to be honest with yeah. you, they want to push the ball down the field. So, but I think that that could be coached, obviously. Like, hey, look, you're in the NFL now. These guys are covered. There's your safety valve right mm-hmm. there. Dump it off. He's an NFL talent. He's going to make something happen with it. Um, and so, you know, Noah Whittington that I was talking about, he did carry the ball 101 times last year, 617 yards, only two touchdowns, but he averaged 6.1 yards per carry. So, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going to keep this guy on my radar. I might just start scouting him now. Can you make some sense out of this, though, for me, please, Nate? So I just click on his bio. Been at Western Kentucky for two years, so two years total in college football. He hasn't transferred for anywhere. But he has four years remaining. Redshirt. So he might have redshirted it one year, um, which would give him an, an extra year of eligibility. So that would bring it to three. And then because of the COVID season, uh-huh. um, okay. he could get another year of eligibility. Though um, – those would have had been the same seasons. So I'm not totally sure. I'm not sure quite how all that works. Uh, <laughs> well, because if he what? redshirted, it would have been last year. So does it still count as a redshirt? Does it count as a COVID season? It counts both. I don't know. There's a lot of questions I have about college eligibility right now. Well, you heard it here from me first. No Whittington. Get him on your C2C roster because I'm a massive Debbie guy now. Right. So Make sure you text Kevin. Let him know. Should I? Yeah, you should text Kevin. Be like, hey. You know, I, I want to help you out in your Debbie leagues. Look at this guy. <laughs> I will tell you what. Before I do that, I'm going to ask you guys a question, and that is, are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty, a way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out DynastyOwner.com. I'm also going to tell Kevin to go over there right away, too. DynastyOwner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty fantasy football at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap and navigating player contracts, in addition to setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are a value now, but what about in the future? Build your dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming. It's time to own your dynasty at dynastyowner.com. Let them know the Dynasty Rewind sent you by using the code Rewind. The link is in the description. And tell Tim over at dynastyowner.com you want dynasty under C to C leagues so you could draft Noah Whittington. <laughs> and then you can give uh, NIL deals to your they- college players. Now we're getting out of line, but I love it. Let's use go the dynasty dollars to do it. <laughs> yeah, our second and last prospect of the evening, and that is Jareth Stern. I also heard him referred to as Josh Stern. Uh, Josh Stern's by the announcers. Yeah, I want you know because like I watch the cutups on YouTube and I keep the volume up because I want to hear like what's going on. And the one guy kept saying Josh Stern's, and I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, I'm pretty sure his name is Jareth. <laughs> So it could be Josh. I don't know. But let's talk about him a little bit. He's tiny. 
He's five foot nine, 195 pounds. He was a two star recruit. He also played at uh, Houston Baptist. I think that's what it was called with Bailey. Um, so his 2021 stats astronomical 150 catches, 1,902 yards. Sean actually got this right here 17 touchdowns, and he averaged 12.7 yards projected. So he sounds like Cooper Cup. He does. Oh, <laughs> is that the comp? No. All right, you heard it here first. Uh, so he's a production <laughs> wise. Sounds like Cooper Cup stats this year. It does, yeah. Um, you know what? I'll I'll start again with this guy. So um, we'll start with speed and burst. Oddly, I thought he looked a little sluggish off the lines, but he looked really good with the ball in his hands. He's a quick, mm-hmm. compact mover. Um, pretty agile, decently quick. He does not get open well against man coverage, I noticed at all. If you got him up against the line, you were going to take him off his route real easy. Uh, he's going to have to be a big manufactured touch receiver, which you know if you listen to this show, I absolutely hate players like that. His roots get rounded off routinely. Um, his hands are decent, but he's a, he's a notorious body catcher from what I've seen. Um, contested catch-wise, I don't think I saw him do a single one. Uh, he's more of a schemey open type of receiver. He uses speed and agility to get open. He is not a physical player at all. I actually graded him at a three for physicality. He just gets shoved out of the way way too often. But he's a yak monster. That's the thing. If you put this guy on bubble screens, you know what I think he's going to be? He's going to be a screen, a slant, and a kick returner. Screens and slants as a wide receiver and a kick returner in the NFL or a punt returner. That's what I think he's going to be. He's going to be really good at that. Um, his run blocking just... Yeah, it's not good. But he did leave the FBS with 1,902 yards and 17 touchdowns during his lone season at Western Kentucky. And I could see him getting overdrafted, much like Tutu Atwell, like Ian mentioned before, because of the production. For whatever reason, I didn't even put a projected round in here. It was probably really late when I was in this because I also spelled touch wrong. Um, but uh, <laughs> I rated him out as a 4.89 total, which is just shy of serviceable so he's a high-end backup and i think that's what he's going to be at the nfl i probably won't have a single dynasty roster that has jareth stearns on it at all just like tutu atwell and Nicole hardman these are guys that i thought were overdrafted didn't like their small stature i'm hands off unless unless he gets really really good draft capital and i mean it looks like the sky is going to be the limit and we have coaches raving about him I'm probably not touching him. Pork, you probably feel the same way. I do feel the same way. Um, I, I know the production is there, but again, we were talking about the scheme. It, it was a, it was a lot of plays I saw. He was just schemed open, um, and, and it worked for them. Um, and, and to me, it's like he he looks like a guy that's going to be like, unfortunately, like be like camp hands. And then we'll see. Let's see what he can do out there. He'll look good in in shorts. He'll look good in shells. But I think when it comes time, when it's time to play in the NFL, the next level, I'm not too sure if his if his game is going to translate to what he was doing with his boy from um, pretty much JUCO to to Western Kentucky. Um, so when I think when it comes down to it, um, it's for fantasy, I, I can't. I don't think I'm going to touch him at all. Not even my taxi squads, because he's just—he's just a small guy. I don't see him getting open, like you said. And they're not playing like close man coverage. But if he's going across the middle, I'm just going to pray 
and hopefully he doesn't die because he's 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 gonna get clapped. Yeah, um, the funny thing is, a lot of times guys like this they just haven't be deep threats. I don't think he's fast enough to be a deep threat at the next level. Yeah, I don't I don't see the he's separation going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't see the separation going going running his his streak routes or or a post route. Everything was like you know everything was like in the middle. Everything's crossed. He gets the defense confused and he's wide open. Like you said, he's a yak guy. Um, I think the only way he might be able to stay on the team, like you said, Mike, hey, punt returner, got you got mm-hmm. a little bit of reliable hands, catch the ball, fair catch it, catch the ball. <laughs> you just got to make the team with special teams. And we need guys like that for the NFL, but for my dynasty team, for 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 anybody's team, I don't think he's going to be that guy that I can rely on from from week to week to even start. He would just be clogging up uh, bench by at this point. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, I can talk about another guy that we saw who had some incredible stats at the college level, but at a lower level of college football. And that's Jalen Darden. We saw Jalen Darden last year absolutely dominate in North Texas. Mm-hmm. And I like Jalen Darden, by I mean, the way. Yeah, I mean, I like Jalen Darden too. And he was picked in the fourth round of the last draft. And I mean, tell me right now. Would you rather have Stearns or Darden? Darden. I'll probably have Darden. I think it's a pretty easy decision, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Darden is a fourth-round NFL draft pick. Uh, you know, doesn't really see the field too much, but he's electric when he does. Maybe you know, he's got a little bit of kick return experience there. But fantasy football-wise, Jalen Darden's not going to be anything crazy. And Jalen Darden's, I would say, is pretty well ahead of Jared Stearns. So that was a long way of saying I pretty much agree with you guys. Jared Stearns, um, you know, if he's sitting there and you're in a deep league, maybe, you know, if you have a deep tax squad to throw him on there because he does have the production just like Zappy. But at the end of the day, I don't think he has the tools to really succeed at the NFL level. Um, just so you know, I did update my scouting card. I spelled the word touch correctly, and I, um, I put my projected draft capital um, six round of UDFA. That sounds about right to me. You so when you if you join our, our Patreon and you have access to all of our scouting cards um, on our Notion, which Sean did a great job on, mm-hmm. on all our rankings will be live after the Super Bowl. By the way, um, you'll see I have a lot of scouting cards that say sixty UDFA because I could see a team that doesn't have a seventh round pick that really wants a guy take a dart throw, um, six round pick. You know th- that's where you see guys teams take chances and they're okay with that at that part of the draft so i know it's it's a really big big territory there but i feel like a lot of these guys it's fitting because i kind of see them going either way so um i'm updating that right now let's see where are you jareth make a copy you get you guys you guys get to hang out you get to listen to me navigate a computer here real quick (laughs) i'm middle age all right so uh, this is the copy. So move to, and this is staying on the audio too. And then we go back, we go back again. Dynasty Rewind scouting cards, and then I go into mine, and then I go into wide receiver, and then I move here. And then when I'm done with the podcast, I'm going to go into everyone else's scouting cards and make sure everyone else is scouting. But before we head on out of here, <laughs> I just want to say that if you are looking for another way to support the Dynasty Rewind team and enjoy your favorite live events at a great price like if genesis gets back together and tour you could just say it's time to check out our friends at SeatGeek. 
SeatGeek is the leading mobile-focused ticket platform that enables fans to buy and sell tickets for live events such as sports and concerts. They search all the big ticket sites for you, analyzing thousands of ticket listings. It presents the results using SeatGeek's deal score system and rate the best deals all in one place. They utilize 3D maps to make finding the perfect seat easy for you. Creating an account takes seconds. When you use promo code DynastyRewind, you'll get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Sign up today. Enjoy a game or the Fantasy Gazette live in person tomorrow. We appreciate it, everybody. Before we head out, does anyone have anything else to add? No? Okay, great. So for Nate Pork, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Until next time, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Take us out of here, Sean. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind, please rewind.